Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Wealthy Sisters Radio, the show that promotes positive people. Tune in live on Mondays at 12 noon Eastern or listen live and 24-7 at www.wealthysistersradio.com. We know you will be inspired, empowered, and informed by the incredible women featured. And now it's showtime. Ladies and gentlemen, our host, entrepreneur, author, speaker, Deborah Hardnett. Well, hello, hello, and welcome to Wealthy Sisters Radio. We are sponsored by Wealthy Sisters Media Group, and you can visit us there for all your branding and publishing needs at www.wealthysistersmedia.com. Wealthy Sisters is proud to promote positive people, and our purpose is twofold. First, we love providing you, the dynamic listener, with encouragement and that practical knowledge that you can apply to your business right now and to your life to have that positive impact. And second, we must provide that platform to edify, acknowledge, and say thank you to the sisters for doing big things. I'm Deborah Hardnett, your host, broadcasting live on the Worldwide Blog Talk Network. Today is another wonderful Monday. It's July 22nd, 2013. Wow. Oh, I tell you, we are still celebrating our anniversary month. This this month, it makes four years that we've been live here with you on Wealthy Sisters Radio on the Super Blog Talk Network, and it is our banner year, and I know you all are in agreement. We all say it, and I trust that you are standing strong that this is your banner year. And you know we are here every time at the same week. That is the same time. Every week at the same time, shall I say, that's Mondays at 12 noon Eastern, so Thank you so much, so, so much for spreading the word. We know we could not have been here four years, wow, without you. Well, I tell you, more than half of the year has already gone by. I was just looking at today's date, July 22nd. That's incredible. I've been 44 a whole whopping seven months today. <laughs> I tell you, speeding up fast, everybody. But, yes, more than half of the year has gone by. And I just have a question. How are you preparing for your 2013 tax season to end? Do you have the strategies or systems in place to make that April 15th deadline a little bit easier for you next year? Are you maximizing all of the tax benefits available to you and your business? Well, to show our show today is going to be all about that, I tell you. We have an expert that's on this show today. This lady is incredible. She's doing some wonderful things. Uh, I'm telling I want to call a doctor. That's how powerful she is. Joanne Williams-Barnes, and I'm telling you, she has been in this industry of accounting for over 13 years. She's worked extensively with nonprofits, small and medium-sized large businesses, and she has gained her accounting experience through senior accounting and managerial roles for a variety of companies, including a very large public accounting CPA firm in the D.C. area. And now she is running her own business, and she helps 
others with the sound bookkeeping systems, financial reports, business consulting, and tax preparation, just to name a few. And she is here with us today. So you know what you've got to do right now. You need to call everybody, text them, Facebook them, tweet them. Tell them to dial 347-838-9278. That's 347-838-9278 right now. And if you've got to go and you can't stay on on your whole lunch break, that's okay. Remember, you can download this this show and all of our other great shows immediately following at WealthySistersRadio.com. Remember, you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter so that you can get a reminder about the show. And guess what? Yes, we are on iTunes. That's right. You can download this show on your smartphone, on your iPad, on all those awesome devices that we use every day. We are here in touch with you. So once we come back from this short commercial break, we are going to bring on our very, very special guest, Ms. Joanne Williams-Barnes. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after this short commercial break. Thank you for tuning in to Wealthy Sisters Radio. Three women are murdered every day. Around the world, at least one in three women has been or will be abused in her lifetime. It's time to change these statistics. Join Saving Promise, a national grassroots movement that's bringing about real change. Visit www.savingpromise.org to join our One Voice campaign and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Text My Promise to 20222 to make a $5 donation. We need your voice. Together we can live, thrive, and be free of domestic violence. Does your home or office decor need a resurrection? Is there a special room of yours that says blah, blah, blah and is lacking inspiration? Then you need creative ways and solutions. We help you create feel-good spaces that are functional and beautiful at the same time. We are here to cater to you with an environmental and spiritually conscious flair. Both in-person and virtual interior design services are available. Visit us online at creativeways.com, spelled with a K, or call 888-280-8318 for a complimentary consultation. We create spaces that inspire you. Hello and thank you for joining us. We are live and we're back here on Wealthy Sisters Radio. This is an awesome day. We're celebrating our fourth year anniversary. Wow, can you believe it? It's really just four years. Time does fly by, so it's so important that we all make sure that we embrace the moment and live the moment and be present every moment. Well, today is going to be another great show for you. We've got our very special guest, Ms. Joanne Williams-Barnes. She's a CPA, and she has some awesome information for us today, and we really want to thank her for joining us because we know as women in business, we not only take care of our business, but if we have families, we have to make sure that that is our number one priority, and she is actually at home today with a little sick baby, so we we know how that is, and we definitely appreciate her for being here, and, and we're prepared. If, if we need to move forward with the baby in the background, we can do that as well, so welcome to Wealthy Sisters Radio, Joanne. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me, Deborah. Yes, yes. And we must ask, how is your baby doing? He's home. I'm there. He's been sick since uh, Thursday. So oh. 
It's been, yeah, quite a few days. <laughs> wow. Now we need to ask, how are you, <laughs> Mom and Dad? I am exhausted. I'm exhausted. <laughs> so this is the first time he's had anything this severe. So, yes, um, yes, yes. I'm burnt out, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we definitely um, are sending our blessings and speaking healing to your baby uh, right now. And I just want to make sure, are you on your handset or or speakerphone? I'm actually on my um, wireless headphone. Okay, yeah. If you could take the headphone off, uh, it's okay. kind of getting, yeah, we just want to hear direct to your handset if you could do that. That way we don't want anybody to miss uh, what you're saying. Sometimes it's not as clear as it okay. needs to be. Oh, yeah, that's that's Okay, better. can you hear me? That's yeah, that's that's a little better. Yeah, thank you okay. so much. So I no tell problem. you, it's a pleasure to have you here on uh, Wealthy Sisters Radio today. And, yeah, uh, I'm excited to be here. Yes, 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 yes. And I, I know your your background is so very impressive. You have been able to accomplish a lot of things in your career. And as we always start our show, is we talk about the importance of uh, our audience loving to relate uh, to our guests that we have on the show each and every week. So if you don't mind, just share us a little bit of background on where you grew up and, as we like to say, what it went into, what are the ingredients that went into the great recipe that we see today? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, um, a, a little first about my personal side. I'm actually from Trinidad, and I've been in the U.S. for about, it's going on 18 years, 17, 18 years. Wow. And um, I have been, I'm really passionate about accounting. My dad was an accountant, and my brother, he's been working with Pricewaterhouse for many years, and my mom did some bookkeeping. So um, that accounting financial bug, um, I, I guess I, I, I tell people sometimes I think it's my birthright. I, I just <laughs> knew I was just going to be an accountant. So um, <laughs> I love what I do. I, I, you know, often people ask, me, you know, what would I do outside of accounting? And I struggle to answer that question because I'm so passionate about it. But, wow. you know, I think, yeah, I'm very, very passionate. I couldn't um, have thought of another career path for me. So mm-hmm. um, I decided I, um, right out of school, I began uh, working for um, one of the top five large accounting companies um, as an auditor. And mm-hmm. I did that for several years, and then I transitioned into uh, corporate America and um, climbed up the corporate ladder. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, climbing up one of my, uh, during one of my tenures at um, a pretty large uh, construction company, they decided to relocate to Atlanta. And I said, oh, my goodness, um, there's so much instability as far as um, with a lot of these jobs. Mm-hmm. You know, there's management fields like relocating or laying off, depending on what's going on within the company. I really had no control over my career. So that was back in 2008. I started thinking about branching off on my own and assisting other small business owners because I had been networking with some smaller nonprofits and helping them sort of get their financial house in order. So I had been doing that back in 2008. So in 2009, I officially launched JFW Accounting Services. Mm -hmm. And I started out helping um, 
individual uh, with their individual 1040 taxes and um, nonprofits. Now I have, um, I saw the, I still have the same basic financial model. Mm-hmm. As far as my clientele, I still help a lot of individuals, but um, I'm getting more into our training and seminars, assisting small businesses as well as nonprofits get their financial house in order. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, and you know, um, yeah. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> Oh, no, no. I, You know, I'm so glad that you mentioned this because your passion that you have for accounting, first of all, you know, we always hear the, the, the I guess, I want to say myths or the targets that you might hear that accounting, people who are in that field oftentimes don't have that passion. They may have been steered that way because their parents said it's a great field, you know, if you could get a good job. But it is so wonderful to find someone that has passion about accounting because we need passionate accountants in all of our businesses, you know. And it's, it's really great to hear and see when someone is living and fulfilling, you know, what their purpose is and, and what their dreams and goals uh, are around that. So quite naturally, you, you started your business. Um, speaking of starting the business, what, what are some of the most common mistakes that you see business owners make with regards to a proper accounting? Um, the number one mistake I always see is um, poor record keeping. Mm-hmm. And um, usually I, I, I come in, um, I'm the person coming in at the end of um, when, you know, sort of to clean <laughs> up the mess. Oh, which I'm happy to, <laughs> right, right. Um, I provide a lot of support services and um, sort of accounting cleanup services. And mm-hmm. um, small business owners, they usually don't have their uh, financial infrastructure to um, invest in, or they want to do it all themselves, be it, you know, the marketing person, the accountant, the business operator. So they sort of neglect that financial side, and they really don't know where they stand financially at the end of the year or at the end of the month or even at the end of every quarter. Um, mm-hmm. It's something they push to the back burner, and they only deal with it during um, a tax time. Mm-hmm. And a tax mm-hmm. time often... Um, small business owners, they run into um, having a tax liability because Mm -hmm. they have not prepared their financial statements throughout the year or they sometimes are not aware of um, some expenses that are deductible and and because they were not aware of that, they were not keeping track of um, common expenses such as um, mileage, mileage on your vehicle. And um, trying to pass that together at the end of the year, it becomes very difficult. So that's the number one um, mistake I see, um, just poor record keeping. Record keeping. Now, can you can you suggest, uh, especially when you talk about the mileage, you know, and I know we'll probably talk a little bit more about those tax deductions that we have as business owners, and and one, of course, being mileage, which that is a in the past has been a difficult, I admit for myself, a difficult uh, thing to keep up. You have to really be disciplined to write those miles down. But now there are different systems that are out there that you can, apps that you can even download on your phone uh, to actually keep up with those miles and things. Uh, Are there any particular that you would like to recommend to our audience to, to use? 
<laughs> I am. I would say I'm, I'm sort of old school, so mm-hmm. I, uh, I I'm still with my pencil and paper, and um, <laughs> I, I'm not, you know, deep into technology. But you are correct. If uh-huh. you go to the app center there, um, whether you have an iPhone and Android system, I know right. there are several um, apps that you can download. Um, I'm not aware of all of them, but you can download to uh, keep track of your mileage electronically. Um, For me personally, what I do, I have an appointment calendar, and every single appointment goes into my uh, my Outlook calendar. And um, even if I may not have time today and I may have three client site visits today, but it's in my calendar, so at the end of the month or the end of the week, I go ahead and, um, you know, I calculate my mileage. So at any point in time, every week, I know how many miles I've driven to the client and back home. So right, I right. always tell people at minimum, you know, put your appointments in your calendar so you can mm-hmm. always um, go refer back to your calendar and recalculate your mileage. Mhm, mhm, and that's good. So, in in talking, keeping up with the same part about record keeping, just keeping that calendar, as you said, at minimum, at least keep the calendar to yeah. to actually be able to refer, because you can back that up. Because if you're ever audited, of course, that's something that's that's there to protect you. Um, but also, people have to remember something about those. Uh, what is it? The records that. They ask for the records for, like, the mechanics if you're doing oil changes and things like that. So I know they need to make sure they watch oh, that yes. as well. Yes, you're, yes, yeah. you're correct. There are two ways for that IRS um, okay. calculates. You can use your mileage to calculate mm-hmm. business deductions as far as travel, mm-hmm. or you mm-hmm. can use your, um, your actual expenses, which is your um, either or you can use, which is your vehicle maintenance. You need to keep your receipts. Mm-hmm. And um, your insurance payments, um, all of those receipts you'd need to keep um, to calculate what's the best deduction for you at the end of the um, end of the year, the tax year. Now, when you're doing um, the mileage deduction, I know, like you say, you can use actual or mileage. When you're using actual, this is a question that came up in a conversation I was having the other day. Can you actually um, use cost of gas, like if you spent twenty, you know, five hundred dollars in a year uh for gas, can that be counted in the actual uh category or uh that's not included in, in actual? Um you could use your gas, however, um when you look at the calculation for your um the actual um my I'm sorry, the actual travel expense deduction it's mm-hmm. still going to ask you, you know, what percentage of your total mileage for the year was mm-hmm. business-related. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, we can, uh, I mean, I, I tell you, nine out of ten times my clients will have to use the mileage versus your actual. Because right. um, when we total up your gas receipts, your um, mechanical mm-hmm. expenses, insurance expenses, um mm-hmm. Usually, the, the the mileage deduction is more advantageous during to um to calculate taxes as a deduction. To calculate that right, because what yeah. what is it now? Is it, it at fifty something cent uh, I per mile? I believe it's fifty five point five, and the gas right. so prices are going up steadily <laughs> over the last couple of weeks. So who knows if they're gonna <laughs> what's gonna happen at the end of the year? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 
Uh, yeah, that's that's good. So, you know, we talk about um, having those good accounting systems in place. Why would someone need to hire uh, a bookkeeper? Because since we're talking about that, and then we'll move into the tax preparation as well. What's, what is the importance of a small business owner being aware of that and having a bookkeeper on hand or systems okay. in place? Yes, it's very important because it's, and I say it's important to select the right bookkeeper or accountant for your business because um, if you select the right accountant and bookkeeper um, who understands your industry, um, more so business owners, you, you can't be, the, you know, the, the jack of all trades. You can't be a specialist in every area. If you hire the right accountant, they can help you maximize your profits um, keep your expenses in line, and um, the number one thing, you would know where you stand financially at the end of the month. Um, your accountant and your bookkeeper should be in, um, working with you to implement a budget, and you should okay. be looking at your budget versus actual results on a monthly basis. And um, sometimes you have to um, make reforecasts. Um, and I say reforecast because you could have put um, – you could have had a million-dollar revenue plan in your budget, and um, somehow you want a government contract or you want some sort of um, contract, and now you know your income doubles. So then you mm-hmm. want to do a reforecast because you really want to manage um, your your income over the over a 12-month period. And I also mm-hmm. advise um, accountants can help you with this. In addition to having a one-year ruling budget, you should also try to have a five-year strategic plan um, for your finances. So this is something an accountant can help you with, um, and it's particularly an accountant that understands your specific industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I feel like bookkeepers, general bookkeepers, just goes in and do your data entry, your debits, your credits, and they let you know um, how many bills you have outstanding at the end of the month or um, your payables, mm-hmm. um, actually your accounts payable aging, and your accounts receivable um, balances. Um, they just let you know the balance, but you really want to select a bookkeeper and an accountant that can say, hey, you know, your accounts receivable balance is, for example, 50K. You have 10 customers who have balances outstanding over 90 days. And mm-hmm. you have to put a process in place to find out why those customers are not paying. And mm-hmm. um, also looking at your accounts payable, uh, you want to make sure that your turnover is um, it's very low as well. You want to make sure that you're not accruing interest on um, bills that should have been paid within a 30-day period and it's now over 90 days and you're accruing interest and penalties. Um, the same thing with payroll, I tell um, my small businesses, just be careful. Your payroll taxes are usually due uh, 15 days after the payroll period ends, and if it's not paid in a timely manner, you're accruing um, penalties and interest by the state and the federal government. So mm-hmm. it's important to have an accountant, a strong accountant and bookkeeper by your side uh, just to keep you um, not just for tax purposes, but on a monthly basis you need to know where your business stands financially. 
Right, right. Very good information. Now, tell us, um, what what are some of the, the reasons that we know you were out working in corporate America, uh, you worked for a very, very large uh, CPA uh, firm in the D.C. area. What made you, you know, really step outside uh, on your own? You talked a little bit about the uncertainty in the, the job market, but what was it? that really pushed you to say, I'm going to start my own accounting firm? Um, well, actually, um, <laughs> my dad, my dad actually was a tax judge in Trinidad, and he had a business on the side called MSW and Associates. Mm-hmm. And um, my dad passed away. Um, oh. In addition to the uncertainty, my dad passed away five years ago, so about that time. And um, I wanted to create a legacy as well. For um, at that time, I definitely was not thinking about having kids, but a legacy <laughs> for when I do have my kids and I do have cousins. I wanted to be a positive role model for them, and um, in addition, I love giving back. And um, if I can um, partner with a business or to to help them strengthen their finances, it's mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I get it's sort of a rush out of seeing a business succeed and turn around. Um, you know, the business owner can focus on their operations and I can focus on, help them focus on their finances and just seeing them turn their business around. It's a a huge accomplishment for me. Right, right. um, It's my dad. And then further along, throughout the journey, I kept thinking, oh, my goodness, corporate America, you know, it's so much better. There's so much stability as far as finances and their uh, when you're a business owner, you know when you get paid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are a lot of hills and valleys. It's a lot of hard work. And um, I would say, and, and then another compelling reason, I'm um, having my son, um, after I had my son and my husband had um, an illness, but he had a brain tumor, and um, I definitely felt even more committed to stay on this journey to create mm-hmm. a legacy and um, it, uh, there's no going back for me. I just love love what I'm doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I tell you now, we we are asking these questions because I definitely I can't stress enough how important to it is to work with someone that's passionate about what they're doing. So you definitely uh, I can I know offer great services. Uh, to your clients, let's let's talk about some of the services that you offer. And um, before we do that, though, I, what what are some of those traits that you talked about? You you know you you mentioned several times when you pick a right uh, CPA, you pick a right um, accountant or bookkeeper. You mentioned you want to have someone that's industry specific uh, that has knowledge about that. What are some other things? that a person should look for in finding that right bookkeeper or accountant or CPA partner for their business? Okay. Um, also, in addition to um, someone knowing your industry, I would say um, someone that you have to look at their credentials as well. Can they actually perform their duties? And um, look at their schedule. Sometimes you engage with an accountant and if you can't get a hold of your accountant, that's not someone that you want to partner with. You want to mm-hmm. have an accountant that's accessible as well. 
and mm-hmm. um, accessible if you have an emergency. They they can be there to um, guide you through the process so you're not feeling abandoned and overly uh, panicked. Because a lot of times small business, a lot of um, well, my clients, not well, quite a few of them, you know, they think it's a critical um, issue and it may not be as critical as they <laughs> think it is. It's something that right. can be solved really easily by filing a form, an extension, or writing a letter or something like that. Right, um, right. So you're looking for accessibility. You're looking for someone that's uh, credible, and um, although someone and someone that's um, uh, that knows your industry. Mhm, mhm, mhm. And and with that in mind, what are, I was wondering, are, as far as the CPA, we know you have to take a test in in that. What what are the key differences between an accountant and a CPA, or are there any differences between them? I um not that I want to talk down the CPA credential. Um, becoming a CPA it isn't an expensive exam, but there mm-hmm. are many qualified accountants out there that have many many years of experience that are just as qualified as the CPA. So mm-hmm. you know, um, being a, a CPA um, for me, um, I. I stay I stay abreast of what's going on as far as in the accounting industry, what's going on with FAS, what's going on with the IRS, because we um, legally, we, I mean, we have to maintain our license by taking continuing professional education. Um, right. Versus um, an accountant, they are they don't have those regulations as part of their licenses. So mm-hmm. they, you know, I, I can't say 100% that they are keeping up with what's going on as far as the FAS and the GASBs and um, the IRS code. Um, mm-hmm. But I have met, and a lot of my friends are accountants, and a lot of them do not have their CPAs, and they're very, um, very well educated, and um, they understand their accounting cycle, and um, they're they're able to help businesses get to the next level financially as well. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I think the key <laughs> component <laughs> of this, because there are CPAs who, um, there are a lot of um, young individuals who just come right out of school and pass a CPA exam, but they still do not understand their industry and how um, the accounting operation works as a whole. So right. the key is really to ask that individual about their experience and um, throughout the years and how they troubleshoot and how some examples of how they have resolved other business owners' um, issues and problems. And probably you can ask for some testimonials as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's always good, get those testimonials and referrals um, yes. as well. And, and and I was asking that about um, the differences. Uh, so you, you mentioned about licensing. So CPAs and accountants, they have to pretty much be licensed in their particular area, states or county. Is that how it works? Well, no, accountants don't have to be. Um, you can. Um, there are many people out there. In fact, I, I know quite a few people who have biology degrees, and they're accountants now, <laughs> but they're not <laughs> licensed. Um, the CPA, for example, I'm licensed in the state of Maryland and Virginia, and um, when I say there are um, the state of Maryland, I'm required every year to um, take 40 hours of CPE in specific topics as well as um, a full-hour ethic exam. 
Okay. And the state okay. of Virginia, it's about the same. They require 80 hours every couple years, and they require mm-hmm. ethics uh, training um, on an annual basis. Mm-hmm. So that's the CPA license specifically. They require that um, that, that that sort of continuing education. First, right. as an accountant, um, they, they there's no need. There's not a need to, to uh, take CPEs. Um, there's no board of like, for example, the Virginia Board of Accountancy overseeing them. Right, right, right. So if so, you, you know, go ahead, go ahead. You were going to say. No, 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 no. So I was pretty much saying they're almost like a freelance accountant, so um, they have to use their own ethical uh, <laughs> uh, stance, you know, when they go out there on the field. Um, for me, for uh-huh. example, if there's an ethics violation, my, li- my license can be um, it's subject to being uh, posed. Right, right. So definitely they can see there's a little bit more um, regulations. There are regulations, rather, with the CPA uh, than than as much as there there aren't uh, as many with accountant, becoming an accountant. So with that, talk about then the services that you offer because I, I wanted to ask those questions about licensing because I wanted, you know, our audience, we have people who listen from all over the country and certainly all over the world, and are there ways that you yourself can actually serve someone in another state um, that's not in Virginia, D.C., or Maryland? Oh, yes, most definitely. Um, I do uh, I do have a few clients um, who are out of their metropolitan area, mm-hmm. and I provide um not only tax service, but um, accounting service for them. Or I offer virtual accounting services. So Wonderful. I don't specific. Yes, I don't specifically have to be licensed in um, that state for the type of services that I'm offering. Um, mm-hmm. There are, are more detailed services, such as um, audit services, where you may have to be licensed um, in that state. I offer audit preparation services, so I get businesses um get businesses books ready to get to that point. So um I I pretty much operate on a national level, and um my top service is our business or business support services. And when I say business support services, I'm talking about um just your accounting, bookkeeping, um sort of your Controller, outsource controller, outsource accounting manager services, mm-hmm. and that mm-hmm. entails accounts payable, accounts receivable, account um, financial statement analysis, um, budget to actual variances. So pretty much, I provide an accounting package for my small businesses, monthly accounting packages. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. I was going to ask. So they pay like a something like a monthly membership fee to to have you handle that for them, and those are the things that you can do on a virtual basis. It's yes, and uh, I can do that on a virtual basis. I'm trying to get most of my clients to move sort of in the cloud and paperless. Yeah. Um, it's been a challenge, but um, yeah. we can do almost everything uh, virtually in a secure manner um, mm-hmm. in the cloud. So. Um, mm-hmm. The same thing with a lot of my tax clients. Um, we transmit our paperwork electronically through the cloud um, using a secure method. They log in, and I log in and retrieve their documents, so it can be done. 
Mm-hmm. Well, that has saved, I can imagine, that time of running down to, and yeah. having to schedule the actual uh, face-to-face appointment um, with with your clients in addition to having to make sure everything is prepared properly as well. Right, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. if there are any missing documents, it's really easy. They just log in and scan it. Pretty much you just need a scanner. And they log in and scan their documents in, and I'm able to um, retrieve it almost real-time. Virtually, I log in, I remote into clients' computers, and I see what's going on, or I troubleshoot that way as well. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is just great. It's a, I always say just about every week, what a great time uh, to be living with the technology, the way that it has really interfaced within our businesses and helped small businesses uh, become a lot more successful. And, yeah. Um, yeah, in so many ways there. We we talked about some of the mistakes that uh, we commonly make, and the main one you said uh, for business owners is that record-keeping uh, as well. What are some of the things that um, you would say as a, a business that's getting started with regards to bookkeeping and uh, an accountant and CPA? Are there some systems or some things they can put in place in the beginning to have a successful career or successful business? Um, Yes, most definitely. Other than um, record keeping, you need to have um, an accounting system in place. And Mm -hmm. um, no one's saying that you have to go out there and purchase something as people sold for freight planes, but if you're starting up um, just a basic um, pro QuickBooks, for example. QuickBooks, you mm-hmm. can get it off the shelf for maybe $139, and it's very user-friendly if you don't even have the finances to, um, let's say, engage in accounting training. There's right. um, a lot of information on the Internet, YouTube videos on how to set up a chart of accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say, you know, let's Stay away from their pencil and paper and Excel and um, actually implement an accounting service. I'm sorry, an accounting system. So as right. you grow and you outgrow our QuickBooks, all of that information can be transferred into your larger system, and you have historical information from the date, from day one when you started, from from inception. And right. the second thing, too, when I talk about record keeping, just making sure you keep all of your receipts and recorded in the system, it's also record retention. A lot of small businesses oh. feel after three years they can just shred your receipts or just, you know, throw it or discard of it. But um, it's a rule of thumb. I always tell businesses try to hold on to your receipts for at least seven years. Particularly mm-hmm. if you have employees, um, you want to make sure you have those payroll records for seven years. That's the rule of thumb. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, another thing I forgot to mention for business owners, um, if you hire employees, you have to be careful, uh, employees versus contractors, who's a 1099 mm-hmm. versus a W-2 um, employee. And a lot of small businesses run into um problems with the IRS where they have um, someone on staff. They're small, so they have someone on staff as a contractor working 40 hours a week, and they, you know, draft this contract. But, you know, if you're telling that employee you have to come in at 9 and leave at 5 and there's one-hour lunch break, um, 
there was they, a labor law Right. They could be considered an employee, and then you're responsible for paying those back uh, FICA taxes and unemployment taxes. So as uh-huh. a small business, just be careful when you hire uh, contractors because you don't have their finances for um, a full-time employee. Just, you know, talk to your accountant or um, talk to your lawyer about, um, you know, are they really an employee or a contractor? Right, right, because it can get sticky, and those are some of those things that uh, I have heard that really catches individuals because if they don't understand the employment laws in their particular state, yeah. <laughs> and they're like exactly what you said, they call themselves hiring a contractor, but they want to put a lot of stipulations um, around what that is. And it's, it's, it's amazing because I'm a member of the uh, Women Impacting Public Policies, a great organization, and they are a nonpartisan organization, and they just sent out an uh, email about some laws that uh, are being changed, and they uh, there's a lot of discussion around describing, uh, I think it's with the health care bill, describing what a 40-hour yeah. uh, work week is or what a, an actual full-time employee is. So yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. You definitely got to look at that as well. What What are some of those common other common myths? You mentioned about the records. You hear people say, oh, I only need to keep it for three years. You're saying it's definitely seven uh, what are some of the other common myths that you might have heard uh, or that are out there that we need to be aware of when it's regard regarding our taxes as far as business taxes are concerned? Okay. Another, um, I, I get questions a lot on, or particularly at tax time, where um, a lot of small business owners think um, their clothing, the cost of their clothing is tax deductible. That's another, <laughs> I guess, I get asked that question frequently, and um, the answer is always no, no, and no, um, unless mm-hmm. it's a uniform. Um, a uniform. Not mm-hmm. Right. The cost of the clo- your clothing, your business suit can be for a social for church, so it's not um, that suit you purchase at Macy's, it's not specifically used um, for business purposes only. And mm-hmm. if you know, uh, prove that to the IRS or defend that, then it's going to be an honorable cause. And right. um, another um, situation they're running into with businesses is um, mingling their funds, unrelated business income. When you are running your business, I always tell um, my clients to make sure you have a separate business bank account, um, mm-hmm. commingling your personal, and then you have all these, these funds transferring back and forth. It's, you're going to run into problems um, as far as it goes back to record keeping again. Um, mm-hmm. What's, um, you know, I, I, Recently, I'm, I'm looking at a client doing reconciliations, and I see Ann Taylor Loft in a, in a business bank account. You know, that is not business-related. And it just draws a red flag if you're ever audited by the IRS and they scan through your business bank statements and they see all these personal expenses. It's going to just make make a bad situation worse. So instead of the auditor being there for half a day, now they have to be out there for three days because they want to look at every single bank statement mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to, to see, see what's going on. are allowable, yes, versus unallowable. 
Now, I did want to uh, ask when you mentioned about the suits uh, uh, not being a part of a, a business expense unless it's a uniform or what have you, but what about when you are traveling and you're out of town on business and you have to purchase um, a suit? Is or is that considered the out of town? With the, you know, does that go under that umbrella as far as that particular item? Being a write-off, like one time I I left my suit bag uh, at home, ran out, and I was traveling, and I I actually had to purchase a couple of uh, dress items uh, for my business meetings. Would that be uh, uh, considered a write-off? Not really, and I always say um, the the reason why I hesitate to put it um, as a business expense is because um, would you continue to use that specific draft Uh only for business purposes? Um, Okay. You know, you have to really justify that. You, You know, you only use it because, you know, you had your logo, um, embroidered, you know, somewhere on, on, right, on your like suit. That. Right, mm-hmm. and if you can't prove that, then it's going to be very difficult to make it an allowable course. Right, right, right. And what about the dry cleaning? I hear that one all the time. It's dry cleaning. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so I get that one all the time, and I tell my clients, um, you know, dry cleaning, that's a, another sticky subject because it could be allowable, um, but you have to, to prove it. I mean, how you really have to have really good racket-keeping skills Mm -hmm. to prove, Mm -hmm. okay, well, you know, I I wear these suits exclusively for work, and um, this is my dry-cleaning bill exclusively for work. Um, So it's, it's, again, a sticky subject, and Mm -hmm. I I try to advise my clients um, not to... Not to run it through their tax returns. Um, <laughs> can you defend it to the IRS? It's going to be right. um, very difficult to defend that it's um, it's strictly you know I just use I dry clean my suits and I wear it to my client business meetings and I go home and I take it off. Right. Um, <laughs> it's very difficult to prove that. Right, right. I, I, I guess an atheist could say, "Well, I don't go to church, so you right." Know, well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So that could be, maybe it might fly. Who knows? But it's, it's, it's better, as you're saying, to err on the side of caution when it comes yeah. to that. Uh-huh. Should people really be afraid, though, of the IRS? You know, I know that this is. It seems like to me a lot of times that that fear that in that exists. I heard you say uh, just a moment ago. You know, you might have your clients who call you. They got a letter or something in the mail, and it's it's, it's immediate panic. <laughs> Nobody wants to deal with them. But or is it the knowledge that helps you um, understand it better, so that there is not that particular fear um, for the IRS? Yes, I would say knowledge is power. Um, mm-hmm. There's no reason to be afraid of the IRS. I work with a lot of clients, and they have this um, fear they're going to end up in jail like uh, Wesley Slides or something. And I say, right. you know, you, you, if you're doing something wrong um, mm-hmm. or there's something incorrect, then yes, <laughs> you, you should have that fear. <laughs> but if you have an accountant on your team, um, a pretty good accountant on your team, they should be able to make sure you're following all the applicable laws 
and you're recording all of your um, business expenses accordingly. Um, mm. And recording expenses that are allowable, and you're paying all of your tax liabilities um, on a timely basis. And if you're ever audited and the auditors come in, you should have all of your records. Um, if they select randomly select an invoice, you should be able to pull it out of your accounting records and justify to them that it's business-related. So you really shouldn't be concerned. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, when I think about that, um, I, I was able to kind of get a little bit knowledge about um, definitely not what you have, but just a little bit when I started um, running a business about the tax forms. And it, it, it does appear, though, that the way everything is designed, it could be a little intimidating that they are black and white, they're in small print, and it it just does not look quite as user-friendly um, for people. But do you think that they should know as much information about um, the tax preparation? Because we used to have people that we try to tell them uh, all of the business deductions we would do in workshops around that, and a lot of times yeah. people would say, well, I got a good uh, CPA, I don't need to know. But Right. Do we, in fact, really need to know so that we can bring the correct information to you at the end of the year or quarterly? Oh, yes, yes, most definitely. Um, I think um, as part of operating your business, you still mm-hmm. you don't need to be an expert in that area, of whether it's taxes or accounting, but you should mm-hmm. have some basic knowledge on, you know, what you're looking at, whether it's a financial statement and your accountant is, you know, showing you some numbers, you should basically understand at least the accounting equation. So if they say it's a net income or net loss, it's going to register to you. Um, the right. Likewise with taxes, um, some basic, understand the basic forms, the 1040, the schedule fees, or 1120s, understand the basic forms and just some key components of those forms. Um, I work a lot with nonprofits, and I I help them prepare their finances and their grant applications and uh, documents required for grant compliances and their 990s. But with the board members, I always, um, sometimes I, ha- I offer workshops to the board members where I just go through, you know, how what what are you looking at when you review a financial statement? What are what are the things to look at when you're looking for um looking at the nine ninety, what are some key components when you look at your nine ninety nonprofit um tax return? So um yes, I would say it's their owner's responsibility to have some sort of understanding and um I was speaking to someone about this last week. I said the IRS does not come after the preparer, more so they come after the owner of the financial statements, the owner of the tax return. Um, So it is your responsibility to understand what you're looking at. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what you're signing off. <laughs> and what you're signing Understand. off, right, because you're putting your signature on it for a reason. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Well, I imagine, you know, even as an accountant uh, in business, have have you faced any challenges uh, running your own business? Um, oh, yes, most definitely. Um, there are challenges, there are hills, there are valleys, and um, I think my most business 
biggest challenge was um, from the transition from corporate America to being my own business owner. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I'm an ex- I-, I love accounting. I'm an expert at um, being an accountant. But business development, I was trying to do business development. I was going to be the CEO of marketing, and it was not my field. <laughs> so um, really, I've learned to outsource some of the functions and partner with other business owners in order to grow and expand my business because I cannot do it all. Mm-hmm. So um, it's yeah, it's it's had its uh, its its challenges. Mhm, mhm. Well, well, tell us where do you see your business in the next two to three um, years, as far as expanding and and serving other business owners. Yeah. So in the next um, two to three years, I, I definitely know I will be experiencing um, tremendous business growth. I'm sort of um, changing. Um, well, not changing. I'm adding to my business model where I'm doing more training and workshops, and Mm -hmm. um, I'm offering those services to the corporate arena, the IBMs, the the larger businesses as well. Um, So my business model, it's probably going to change and offering some services to the uh, the local governments and and, um, the federal government as well. So Mm -hmm. in two to three years, I, I intend to experience significant growth and um, I, I know uh, I'm just excited about that vision. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and I'm glad you mentioned that because we we did talk a little bit about your expansion in helping and serving others through the virtual uh, community. Now, um, your upcoming uh, webinar that you have is that one of the ways that you you will be doing that? I know it's what is it creating effective budgets. Uh, that you'll be hosting in September? Yes, that's one. Actually, I forgot to mention, I actually have, um, I work with another organization called People for Change Coalition, and I'm having a workshop on um, bookkeeping and, uh, sorry, financial accounting and bookkeeping for nonprofits this Friday at 9 a.m. It's going to be in Lago, Maryland. And mm-hmm. in September, I'm going to have a workshop. It's probably going to be about an hour and a half where I'm going to, yes, discuss effective budgeting. It's it's a day to be told, but um, usually for calendar year and businesses, um, it's time to be thinking about your budget. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, we're getting up to close to where um, three quarters of three quarters of the year have gone by, you should sort of know where you stand financially, and it's time right. to think about and set goals for 2040. So mm-hmm. um, that class, it's to be told, but um, on my website I will probably have some more information in August, um, a confirmed date where, um, uh, yeah, probably sometimes a confirmed date, probably to the later part of September, where you can just log in in the comfort of your home, and I'll be discussing some effective budgeting um, or techniques you can put in place. Okay, okay. And by that, uh, that's great. We're, I tell you, this time is going by so fast. Give us your website and contact information so that um, all of our audience and our listeners can learn more about your Creative Effective Budgets, Creating Effective Budgets uh, webinar, and some of the other things that you're doing and services that you provide. Yes, I my website is jfw 
accountingservices.com. Um, and um, I also can be found on Facebook or Twitter, LinkedIn. You can find me again. It's JFW Accounting Services. And um, on my website, there should be a link coming up um, hopefully within the next couple of weeks where you can find out where I'll be having um, seminars or hosting um, the virtual workshop. And mm-hmm. my telephone number, it's um, 301-684-3932. That's 301-684-3932. Or you can send an email if you have a question. You can send an email to um, info at jfwaccountingservices.com. And that's info at jfwaccountingservices.com. Well, I tell you, Joanne, you have provided some awesome information uh, for our audience today. We want to thank you. And in that, are there any closing words that you would like to share with our business owners or people who are considering to start their business uh, today? Yes, I would definitely like to say to continue to follow your dream. Oh, there he goes. <laughs> there he goes. I tell you, he stayed the whole show. Wow, hello. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. Yes, no, 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 that's for, okay. Continue <laughs> following your dreams, pursuing your dreams, and just keep in mind that you need to know where you stand financially. It's a huge component of running your business. So um, even if it's not my services, but try to connect with an accountant that can provide you guidance on a monthly or minimum a quarterly basis so you know where you stand. You want to be financially um, strong um, when you're running a business. Mhm, mhm, mhm. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, thank you again, Joanne, so much uh, for all that you are doing and blazing the trail and supporting other businesses. And we wish you and yours continued success. And the little precious baby, give him a kiss from all of us. <laughs> so he, I will. <laughs> and definitely, we uh, look forward to having you back on in the real near future as well. All okay, right. Well, well thank, thank you so much. Enjoy. Yes, yes, thank you. Well, thank you to all who have tuned in to Wealthy Sisters Radio today. This has been another great episode, and we're thrilled next week uh, as we wrap up our celebration of our four years. Uh, we will have on Ms. Santita Jackson. Uh, those of you all who know her, she's going to be talking about the business in media. She happens to be none other than Jesse Jackson's daughter. So we are so excited about having her on to kind of culminate our fourth year anniversary. So thank you again for tuning in to Wealthy Sisters Radio today. We appreciate you for listening over the four years, and thank you so much for all of the great comments that you send to us on a weekly basis. And as always, you know, we wish you and yours the best of everything great. See you next week. This has been another episode of Wealthy Sisters Radio. Thank you for joining us. Stay tuned for another positively impacting show next week. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Wealthy Sisters and on the web at WealthySistersRadio.com. The opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of our hosts, staff, or partners of our